the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Stand by on this bulletin from Dallas, Texas. Here is some more information that is just coming in. This is from the Associated Press. It says President Kennedy was shot today just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas. Mrs. Kennedy jumped up and grabbed Mr. Kennedy. She cried, oh, no. The motorcade then sped on. The incident occurred right near the county sheriff's office on Main Street, near an underpass leading toward the trademark where Mr. Kennedy was to have made an appearance. And from the United Press, President Kennedy and Governor John Connolly of Texas were cut down by an assassin's bullet, assassin's bullets, as they toured downtown Dallas. They were traveling in an open automobile. Now, the UPI story, United Press International, says that both President Kennedy and Texas Governor John Connolly were hit by the bullets today in Dallas. An Associated Press photographer, James Altkin, says that he saw blood on the president's head. Altkin said that he heard two shots but thought someone was shooting fireworks until he saw the blood on the president. The AP photographer said that he saw no one with a gun at that moment. Saturday morning, everyone, November the 18th, 2023. I'm Peter Boyles. Welcome to the Saturday edition. 63, says the 710K in U.S. Weather Center. 63 will be the high tomorrow, rainy, 57, and then 47 on Monday. This week, the 22nd of November, then in 1963, 60 years ago, President Kennedy was murdered, hit, assassinated, murdered, killed. There's all these different definitions of his death. But this still remains this amazing mystery. And if everything is true that I certainly believe, it really sets the stage for the next how many years of insanity. It sets the stage for Lyndon Johnson's lying, for Richard Nixon's lying. And it rolls into what Bush and Cheney lied about. And it just continues. I think the most significant in terms of myself, it's the first time that it was pretty clear to me that they're not telling the truth. And now all this recent news releases or back the kinds of things that are now being seen, maybe that's the better way to say it, that there were all these doctors that were there that day and they remained certain that what they saw looked like an entry wound, the bullet hole in Jack Kennedy's throat. And that observation contradicts what Americans, you and I, have been told since this began. And these are the physicians that were there. And someone shot the president from the front. And it challenges that government narrative that Oswald acted alone from the Texas book depository. And all the questions that remain, and was there more than one shooter, which I firmly believe, who had the motive to hide the truth? And these things continue. And also there's a, another new book, since we usually year-to-year talk about this, but there's a new book about the guy in a cell next to Lee Harvey Oswald, and it's called Oswald Talked. 
And Ray and Mary LaFontaine were the investigative reporters, and they said that this is, again, curveball. And they say the, the, the unar- un, un, excuse me, unearthed the evidence uh, from the archives of the city of Dallas, which included Denver police records. Denver police, I apologize, Dallas police, the most significant of the records they uncovered concerned a guy by the name of John Elrod. Never heard of John Elrod before. He's a guy with a really long criminal record, but he occupied the cell next to Oswald in the Dallas police headquarters. And on that afternoon, the evening of the assassination, Elrod reportedly stated that Oswald talked about attending a Dallas meeting a few days prior, and they discussed a gun-running operation involving a new invasion of Cuba. And if that story is accurate, then Ruby's motivation for shooting Oswald in the basement of the cops would have been to silence him before he could mention the gun-running. Um, all the stuff, the Oswald defections and the returns and it goes on, the new physician's reports, and then last but not least, we'll go to the phones, the Secret Service agent, who after all of these years said, no, I put the magic bullet on the stretcher, not once, but twice, he said. His name is Paul Landis. Wow. And then now, what do you believe? And a lot of it's predicated on what we now see. So we will begin with uh, Mark. Hey, Mark, thank you for waiting. Good morning. You're on the air. How's it going? Back and forth. Last time we talked, I told you that right out of Chief Curry's uh, book that I got in 1971 from his wife as a gift. Uh, it shows the paraffin test. I'm looking at it right now as we're speaking. And uh, he tested positive for the handgun because he killed Jimmy yes, Tippett. That's right. Now, here's the funny thing, Pete. It was an hour and 20 minutes till till they arrested Oswald from mm-hmm. the actual shooting. Mm-hmm. It was chaos in the building. So... They didn't know what they were doing for 15, 20 minutes. How did they know he was in Oak Cliff, well, South Oak Cliff? Yeah, I mean, all, there's all these great questions. You certainly raised them. But and, the, what I want to add – go ahead, man. Go, go, go ahead. Well, I was in Dallas, uh, obviously, not only in 63, but until 75. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the, the notion there was that uh, – you know, at that time, they were trying to make the whole assassination look like it was the mob. But as you well know, some of the really good books that were written, uh, Carlos Marcello, mm-hmm. that, you know, they, they supposedly entertained the the CIA, uh, hit people on his island uh, that actually carried it out. It, mm-hmm. it was dirty top to bottom. So and, do me, and my, do, you're, you're, my professor, my right. professor in high school was next door neighbors to Oswald and South Oak Cliff. And they reported to the FBI, and it never never was public to this day, that Ruby was at his house all week, the yeah. week before they sat. See, again, there, there's, if I could slow you down, um, a lot of things are said, and this is the interesting thing about, you know, history as a, as a study and then his, history as a provable study. A lot of things were said. I mentioned I met Mark Lane and Mark Lane's book, Rush to Judgment, was the first book that I read that really triggered me into all of this. But so many things are said that there's no verification for. Now, it doesn't mean that what you're saying isn't true, but you you know you got to have verification. And now, no, I, I'm, I'm not. I mean, that's anecdotal. But what I'm I mean is they weren't interested in processing information from the general public. Hmm. They just told people to call it. They had a theory and. 
they worked to support the theory. In other words, people that are really critical, and I'm certainly one of the Warren Commission, is they had a conclusion. This weird guy that we never heard of before on his own kills the president. And now we know none of that's true. And Ingleton's work is now being released. And what's interesting to me is that they were on they were on Oswald for four years, and they oh, were yeah. they, and they, he was the he was the patsy as we well know. That's what he, he said. He, he was standing. There's a picture that the Warren Commission disputed of him in a t-shirt. Everybody wore suits back then. Mm-hmm. In a t-shirt, standing in the door as the shots are being fired. So, so who the did, one thing I wanted to okay, put in on though to do some research on is there's a film called The Zapruder Mystery. The film was in Rochester, New York, mm-hmm. with less than 24 hours, purchased by Life, and deconstructed and reconstructed yep. by CIA guy Dino Brungioni. You're missing frames. And that's what she was alluding to. That yep. was what she was alluding yep. to. They yep. took all the frames out. There was a five-foot mist of blood and, and tissue matter, and it showed his head blowing out the backside. A year ago, a bunch five Hollywood producers were shown – the film and said, was it altered? And they said, it's one of the worst alterations they'd mm-hmm. ever seen. Of course, it was 1963. That's right. So it looks like... But here, there's another... If I, like, if I could pause and interject, we we collectively, I was a very young guy, we wanted to believe that commission report. In other words, um, this was way before the real insanity takes over this government that um, I accepted that this lunatic by the name of Lee Lee Harvey Oswald. But then when you go back, and and now I've been drawn to it for all of these years, does any of it hold up? You're a great call, by the way, Mark. Does any of this hold up? None of it. No, none of it does. None of it. And as a matter of fact, um, one of the interesting things, because, you know, every time November 22nd rolls around, you know, you start doing more research. And I've done a lot the last month or so. But, uh, uh it was an interesting conversation when uh, Trump was getting uh, input as who to pardon. Yes. Napolitano, Judge Napolitano was was given him. He asked him to give him his feedback. And after he got done going over who he should pardon and Napolitano either agreed or disagreed, he said, you know, you still have 20 days left, uh, President. Why don't you go ahead and release all the uh, JFK That's right. uh, data? And he reportedly said – Oh, I can't do that. No, it's true. There, there, there would be mass mayhem if all that real information got out. What do you think? Um, That's from Donald Trump. No, no, no. What? What? <laughs> I mean, the reasons why. And again, this November twenty second, sixty three date, and I've tried to understand it probably since then, and now this Dr. Klein. Um, yep. and, and they're, they're talking about inside and he was a third year medical student at University of Texas. He's doing yep. a rotation at Parkland Memorial. He's in the ER when they bring Kennedy's body in. And he said all of the doctors were in agreement. And th- then it comes up to the next part of that would be the so-called magic bullet gurney and. That's nonsense. Even John Connolly said, that bullet didn't shoot, didn't shoot me. Why wasn't that or hit me? Why wasn't he in front of the commission or the doctors were in front of the commission? Because they, they didn't want them. They they didn't fulfill the conclusion. Mark, do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think it is fair. And again, in that book, 
in that book that I got in 1971 from Police Chief Curry, it's one of the other surgeons, the trauma surgeon, that had to obliterate the hole because they had to do a tracheotomy mm-hmm. to try to get into brain. Oh, yeah. Huh. And they, he called it uh, an entry wound. Yeah. But they already had Pete. You know what? With when, when they plan these things, they already have the outcome. Yep. And and by the way, uh, if you go back and look at all the black and white films, and the great thing about YouTube, there's so much of the original interviews from witnesses uh, of the assassination. He walked down the hill and got in a car. Oswald did right down right because it was such chaos, and. Uh, you know, I personally think, just me, and it's total speculation, I think it probably was Ruby. Well, Ruby is a weird character, and he isn't who they support and who they purported Ruby to be, um, because now the evidence is pretty overwhelming. He's linked to Carlos Marcello. He's certainly the mob yeah. in Chicago. And this guy that was the cellmate, now again, we can throw all, all of this out the window if if we care to, but... The cellmate who now says, "Wait a minute," he told me, "But they're, they're, they're gun runners." You know, of course they were gun runners. They were. That's that. That's what the the organized crime guys did. They they were running guns initially to Castro, and then that didn't work because they lost all their casinos. They start running guns to to Alpha sixty six and Omega seven and all those guys, and they're the anti Castro. You you talk about. A dark group, and one of them, and actually, some people believe many of them show up again because they're Cubans in the Watergate break-in. <laughs> you know, do the math. The, mil- the military-industrial complex—that's that's what I believe. The machine and, and, and yeah. our government. Our government didn't like the policies abolishing the Fed. That J- JFK was going to go after some of his dad's partners that he saw as enemies, yeah. as well as RFK and the CIA. And they and, couldn't, ha- they yeah. couldn't have it, Pete. Well, the CIA couldn't have. It. He after pigs, uh, as the literature goes, he wanted to break up the CIA uh, because what it, they had done to him and his administration. And, of course, the Cubans and others believed that he chickened out, that uh, they, it was all planned out. They were they had trained in Guatemala. They were ready to go. And there's something uh, there was something called the oh, actually it's the Monroe Doctrine. And the Monroe Doctrine was you can't come to this hemisphere. Uh, James yeah. Monroe. So then there was something called the Truman Corollary to the Monroe Doctrine, which shows you I really got to get a life. And they were going the minute that the. Um, the the brigades stepped onto the Zapata swamps, the the uh, the Bay of Pigs, that they were going to issue or enact the Truman Corollary to the Monroe Doctrine. The Marines were going to land in behind them, and they were going to go on and seize Havana and put Castro do what's, whatever to do with Castro. Well, these guys are up for it. Apparently, you could actually maybe see some of the Navy ships. They go ashore. And Jack Kennedy, and it's really planned by Nixon and, and Eisenhower, and uh, and and John Foster Dulles, and they they turn around and they don't do it. Jack Kennedy calls it off. Those guys are killed in the swamp. They're captured, and that's the beginning. As you chickened out yep. on us, and yep, and, and that, of course the mob's operation was in Cuba. Oh, sure, it was so the ho- all the hotels and all the money and drug trafficking. Yeah, that was everything. All, all, all of it. Yeah, and hey, ev- Pete, if you're, you're ex-disc jockey. My favorite uh, uh, conspiracy, especially relative to JFK, and they mm-hmm. deny 
C.B. Winwood traffic, they deny. <laughs> but Los Park of High Heel Boys, I think, is, is yeah, talking about yeah. the day they put down Kennedy. No, no, no listen. You're great. Co- what do you do for a living, Mark? What do you do for real? Without and I'm in the oil and gas. I'm in the oil and gas. Business. You're great. You're... I, you heard me talking with Charles, C.J. Okay. Uh, All right. You know, oh, I, yeah, of course. Of course. I, I, and we, we, we have the same professor at DU, Steve Lam- Dr. Lamey. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I, uh, I've been in that business 43 years, and uh, everything moves in my business based on geopolitical, no difference oh, sure. right now. I mean, you have sure. a president that has got the whole world at war over a commodity oil that we don't need. And he, that he, and, and he has gotten worse, um, I swear. Yeah. You take care of yourself. A great call you made in the morning. Thanks. You too, sir. Thank you. All right. Let's see what time it is here. Lou, what we got going on here? It's 20 after 20 after 11. I don't you know, I get so wrapped up in these shows. I can't watch the time. But I got Lou Gonzalez. Well, Lou, I'm sunk. 710 KNUS Denver's talk station. And next week is Thanksgiving week. I'll do the parade for two hours on Wednesday. And then I got Friday morning and back for the Saturday show. The Black Eyed Pea of Colorado, locally owned and operated by Stephen Michelle, all, all the outlaw guys. We all rode down there for breakfast on uh, Sunday morning, and it was a great motorcycle day, and it was a wonderful breakfast. Castle Rock serves breakfast, and believe me when I tell you, it's great breakfast. And so the last time you took the family to eat at the Black Eyed Pea, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. It's easier to give thanks when you don't have to cook. The Black Eyed Pea will be open on Thanksgiving Day from 10 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon, serving all your holiday favorites. Roasted turkey, breast uh, the, tur- the turkey breast stuff, the old-fashioned country ham, pork, and that this is great, too, pot roast. <laughs> pot roast for 24 bucks. The kids' menu as well. Bring in the whole, man- uh, the whole family and save room for dessert. Pumpkin pie, pecan pie, cherry cobbler with ice cream. Holiday catering is available. But I got to tell you something. It was like flat-out great. And again, thanks to everybody on uh, Sunday that, down at the Black Eyed Pea in Castle Rock. When you download the Black Eyed Pea app or go to their website and select Pickup, you can place your order without having to call in. I love everything about these guys. They're smart and the food's great. I know you will as well. And let them do the cooking for you and keep it in Colorado. Visit the Black Eyed Pea near you. You want to take a turn around here, pal? All right. Lou and I return right after this. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, Presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th president of the United States. That was one of the most powerful moments and continues to be so in uh, in television news history. That, of course, is the legend Walter Cronkite, and he chokes up and he's announcing that John Kennedy's dead. Good morning, everyone. Saturday, it'll be 63 for the high. Tomorrow, rain, 57, 47 on Monday. Let's go back to our phones. We go to... David in San Francisco. That's cool. David, good morning. Well, howdy, Peter. Yeah, um, uh, that previous caller, I agreed with almost everything he said, except for when he was talking about the Chief Curry. 
And Chief Curry's book uh, saying that the paraffin test on Oswald was positive. Well, that's not true. There what were, is it? Uh, yeah, he uh, he did not kill Tippett. Uh, and they, well, there were two different shootings that day. One was uh, if there was a paraffin test on his cheek mm-hmm. and also on his hand because uh, Oswald leaves the book depository building. He goes home. Then he comes back and heads uh, basically to that theater. And um, Officer Tippett was on a similar route, but he w- there's no evidence that Oswald was involved in his shooting. And the witnesses say it was a different guy, mm-hmm. and they never interviewed that witness. So uh, Chief Curry is a little suspect anyway well, because I- his... Br- his brother was just fired by yeah. Kennedy, and uh, Chief Curry's car slowed down a huge amount just as the shooting happened. So plant this. And I mean, first of all, this is a great call. You, there's some wonderful people out here. Um, the, the, I never read about the paraffin test until recently on his cheek. Uh, they said that the paraffin test on Oswald's cheek suggested he had not fired a rifle. And... Everybody jumped on that. And, again, that's one of those variables in all of this. Um, if I just ask you directly, who killed Jack Kennedy and why? Who had the motive to cover it up? What would you say? Well, the corporate state. And, in fact, you know, uh, all of the documents about the Kennedy assassination were supposed to have been released a decade ago. They're still, you know, they're still, they're uh, still suppressed. Still suppressed. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you remember how uh, Citizens United, that crooked Mm -hmm. Supreme Court ruling that says that corporations are people. Yep. Now, corporations uh, are, to me, corporations are among the missing documents because there'd be two of them. Uh, There's Pepsi, Pepsi Pepsi-Cola. That's to get the the Coca-Cola wars to get the machines and everything back in Cuba. Well, not just that, but Pepsi-Cola had uh, a, a lot of uh, sugar plantations mm-hmm. in oh, Cuba. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you were talking about um, uh, Oswald was about to release some documents regarding gun smuggling. Well, the gun smuggling would land on the, on the King Ranch, which is in South Texas. Let me slow you and down. Let me slow you down again. The, um, actually... One of the shadow armies that was being raised was called the Coca-Cola Army. Um, that was, f- for, I'm sure, for the same parallel reasons. But I, I see. I, I believe this, and come back to you. Everything runs through Cuba. Everything: uh, the Cold War, the missile crisis, the murder of Jack Kennedy, the continuation of all of it. The the, uh, the Red Scare, what Lyndon Johnson was able then to do to, in Southeast Asia, followed by Nixon. I mean, and we see these things roll away from us or roll into us. Certainly, Lyndon Johnson is lying about not only the Bay of Pigs, but everything that goes with it when it comes to the Pentagon Papers. And Nixon suppresses the papers, but what did it say about Johnson? It said not only did Lyndon Johnson lied to the American taxpayers. He lied to members of Congress. Where does that end up with all the nonsense of Richard Nixon, the secret plan? Where does that end up with? Well, Cheney and George W. Bush and their lies on 
Afghanistan and Iraq. So do you, that, that is my pattern that I see. Do you follow up with that as well? Well, you've gotten convoluted, and I'm not sure if I followed all of it. Well, the but... theme of the government telling people lies and then covering up for its own lies. Well, you know, my original response was the corporate state. Mm. And I think we probably track on that because if you've got a dirty CIA, they're probably working for one corporation or another. Or uh, if you're if you're work. And in fact, when I was talking about Pepsi, the the night before Kennedy was killed in Dallas, there was a famous uh, meeting uh, that happened at a mm-hmm. Murchison Hotel. And that was the culmination of the Pepsi bottlers convention. And Richard Nixon, there's a headline, uh, Hitler, uh, excuse me, uh, Nixon was speaking at Mm -hmm. the Pepsi Bottlers Convention, and he had just left Dallas when Kennedy was arriving. Mm -hmm. And um, but Lyndon Johnson, there's a discussion about Lyndon Johnson telling his girlfriend, his mistress, uh, that uh, that that guy's not going to bother me after tomorrow morning. Uh, and that is at that Pepsi bottlers yeah. convention, and and Jagger Hoover is there, and uh, Richard Nixon is there, and um, I'm trying to remember the woman. Uh, she's a famous movie star, and her husband was oh, the CEO of Pepsi. Um, oh, um, good. It'll come to me, but I know who you mean. Yeah, but Pepsi. You know, if they're missing, Ma- Ma- Mommy Dearest for, Crawford. Mommy Dearest was the yeah Joan Crawford. John, Cro- right, Joan Crawford. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she was supposed to be a hellish right winger oh. that, um, yeah, had all sorts of problems. But in, you know, in in Pepsi history, uh, there was a Pepsi bottling plant in in uh, Vietnam uh, at the time mm-hmm. that was smuggling heroin out of Vietnam, and uh, it never produced uh, the bottling plant never ever, produced a bottle of Pepsi. No, did you ever read it, the, it was a processing you, plant for heroin. Do you ever read about Kusan, those guys that were in the in Burma, they were in the Golden Triangle and they had been part of Chang's army and they were uh they were protected. And sure. I mean if you look when the Kuomintang falls apart and the southern army goes into Burma and the and the West Army or the goes and and, and actually invades Taiwan but um, see that—that's my theory, and I, I love your call too. All of these things are taking place all at once, you know, in a very short amount of time. And well, it's funny. There's a Sam Giancana book that came out in the early '90s. It's written by his brother. Double, double Cross. I met I met the Giancana. The book called Double Cross. Yeah, it's but Giancana's son and his brother is, write is, this yeah, book right. after he after Sam had died. Right. And they Sam was Sam was died. murdered. Sam didn't die. Sam was murdered. Yeah, I guess so. And, no, no, and, he but was. in any case, he describes in that book that Giancana was not just Chicago. He was he oh, yeah. had international. He he basically sure. was an international powerhouse because he was dealing with the Philippines. He was dealing oh. with South America. He was dealing with Africa and Asia so, and everywhere. If I may, and, and he Car- yeah, Carlos Marcello, who was called the Mafia Kingfish. Carlos Marcello, Sam Giancano, Santos Traficante, and then the New York families. And every one of them, every one of them had more than one reason. And the Giancano's, the Giancano story, and I I mean, I I was, actually the book is extremely accurate. Sam Giancano's crazy. 
and they called him Momo. He was over the moon or Mooney. And it goes back to Judith Exeter Campbell and Jack Kennedy and passing money and Sinatra. And Sam Giancana had every reason in the world to kill Jack Kennedy because the Kennedys double-crossed the mob. The mob fixed, first they fixed the West Virginia primary, and we were talking about it earlier. His um, opponent was was um, Hubert Humphrey. His opponent wasn't Lyndon Johnson. It was Hubert Humphrey, Protestant, you know, white male from Minnesota. And everyone thought, well, Jack Kennedy is going to get the blocks put to him in West Virginia because they're really extremely anti-Catholic. So they go into the primary, and Sam Giancana, and what was the other guy, Big Tuna, Car- uh, Tony Arcardo, and all of these guys involved in it, they had dirty unions, dirty cops, and they fixed places like um, Logan County. They fixed places, Maytuan, and all those, um, all those places that were, they fixed them, and they brought the vote in for Jack Kennedy. And the big, big thing was this Roman Catholic wins hard, brittle back Protestant West Virginia. And after that, he never lost another primary. He goes to Los Angeles. He gets the nomination. And then when that night comes, what uh, what Daly and those guys didn't do in Cook County, we'll never know. But now he owes. He owes them. You know, in the minds of Sam Giancana, Carlos Marcello, Santos Traficante, the Gambinos, everybody knew that he now owed. And he double-crossed them. Well, if you want to call it that, you know, but there's no honor in thieves. No, and, but, you but know, he one don't. of the things you make a deal with the yeah, mob, well, you better keep it. Well, his dad made the deal. You know, JFK's dad made the deal, and Jack didn't uh, uh, have anything to do with it. But it, the the bigger picture, and this is why I raised the corporate mm-hmm. state, because they're still the problem. Here. And when you think about World War II, Adolf mm-hmm. Hitler was and Mussolini were the corporate state. They were pushing this idea that boss man gets to decide how a country is run instead of the people. And boss man uh, is uh, World War II. We, the people, beat the crap out of the corporate mm-hmm. state. But the corporate state sneaked their way into America uh, with Gladio. They uh, made their way into the CIA. They sab- sabotaged America any number of ways. Here we are, you know, 1960 was 15 mm-hmm. years after World War II. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were plenty of uh, World War II vets that knew exactly what was going on. And these dirty bastards were uh, helping run the government. Sure. John F., you know, Eisenhower didn't have the guts to warn us about yeah, he the did. rise of Gladio. Well, he did say. Well, he, in yeah. the, very, the very last speech he made as president, mm-hmm. he finally got around to warning us about the military-industrial mm-hmm. complex, which is another way of saying Gladio, and that the corporate state was going to use fear to, to suck all our tax dollars mm-hmm. to them, and that all the school books would mm-hmm. ne- would never happen, the, the health care would never happen because mm-hmm. fear-mongering and, and weapons we're, we're, manufacturing. We're watching it. We're watching things happen that are Again, so, uh, yeah. so repetitive. I don't know, but I... I, I the rise of the multinational corporations and the power of the CIA and what happened to the investigative 
wings of the federal government, I think in that moment um, they won, and we're still we're still temporarily. We're still, yeah, well, well, we're still digging out of it, but um, sure. Hey, if I could just wrap up with real, one real, real quick, I love your call. Yeah, like I'm saying, this the the Pepsi Cola and the King Ranch are still missing from all of those documents for the JFK assassination, and recently uh, Biden was hit with this that yes. he has a budget for 20 miles of wall yes. in Texas. Well, I've been tweaking the issue that maybe we should build those 20 miles on the King Ranch. <laughs> let and, me uh, and, <laughs> keep them in. Let me let me what yeah, do you, but, what do you, what do you do for a living? You guys there's some wonderful callers this morning. What do you do for real? Well, out here in San Francisco when I first got here, I had a cable access TV show. Okay. And I ran into uh one of the producers was producing a, a weekly show or and I guess it was a monthly show on the Kennedy assassination. Hmm. So I ran into almost every famous Man, uh, I... Kennedy researcher and in uh you know in existence at that time Boy. and it was a great show hal verb was his name oh, and yeah. i i got to produce a, an episode with uh, michael peretti there uh you know there were all sorts of different uh uh ken aguilar mm-hmm. uh, any number of different uh, wow. famous kennedy uh, researchers and they mm-hmm. They all had their story, and they, yep. they were building details. They, and, uh, do, do, you, do you find that they there's a thing we say in recovery about drug addiction and alcoholism? We say we all tell the same story, but we just tell it a different way. And that's one of the most wonderful things I've ever heard in recovery. Well, we all tell the same story. We just tell it a different way. And it seems to be now, as now these 60 years have gone by, there's a lot of people now releasing stuff that's been suppressed, and they tell the same story. As a final question, do you do you, do you see it that way? Well, yes and no, and that's why I, I did the generalization of the corporate state mm-hmm. because they're the ones that that subverted uh, the mob. The mob was. You remember how the mob was uh, brought into World War II to protect right. the docks in New uh, York. Lucky Luciano. But at the same time. But at the same time, Gladio were uh, the ones that they were the dirty uh, hmm. operation that sneaked the Nazis around after the war. Sure. And so they also used the mob to sneak them around. It was so like, the mob was playing both sides, yeah. and it was for the benefit of the corporations. Well, and, you know, the uh, when you start looking at Meyer Lansky mm-hmm. doing the money laundering for yeah. the mob, oh, yeah. he was buying into the corporate state. Mar- uh, he they, was buying shares in Wall yeah. Street, and yeah. so it was still coming back to the corporate state. These guys don't care about human beings. They care about the money. Well, and the, and they their, don't, yeah. That great moment on the top of the hotel in the motion picture, The Godfather, and that comes from a wiretap. And it is, it's Meyer Lansky on the wiretap. And he says, We're, we are bigger than U.S. Steel. Remember that? That's a real, right. That was a real cut. And they, they applied it uh, in the movie, but it was Meyer Lansky. And there's a wonderful book. I recommend this book. It's called Little Man, Meyer Lansky and the Gangster Life. And it is, it's one of those uh, just, I couldn't put it down. It's, and it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's been out for 20 years. But how smart Meyer Lansky really, really, really was. And he was the. Well, it was made easy. 
it was made easy by the the dirty people in Russia. Right, no, I don't the, argue. Uh, you I know, don't other argue. figures and who who were basically trying to sabotage America by, no. in other words, if you go into those Jadger Hoover biographies oh, that were released oh, in the early oh. 90s, Jadger Hoover I, listen, knew I'm that a, Wall Street... I'm, yeah, you got I'm getting yelled at. Yeah. You are welcome anytime. David, thank you. Thank you very much. My Be, pleasure. I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you, our friends at law offices at Danny Campus, I get locked up in that stuff, and I, sometimes, and Louie's hitting me in the head. Dan Kaplis, believed to be the only attorney in Colorado history to win five straight multi-million dollar jury verdicts in motor vehicle crash cases. The uh, the team with Danny won the largest truck crash jury verdict in Colorado history. The firm's history of seven and eight-figure settlements and verdicts speaks for itself. Good people, all walks of life, without regard to ability to pay, receive that level of representation that the rich and powerful enjoy. Um, Danny believes, and I watched him with our family, talk is cheap, experience counts, results matter, the firm would be happy to share. Danny believes who you said, who you say and hire says so much about you. They suggest you choose a firm that shares your values, and it's Dan. The firm believes core values have been the foundation of historic success, faith, integrity, hard work, and dedication to righteous causes. If you need Dan's help, call him at 303-770-5551, 303-770-5551, or hit dancaplislaw.com. It's com. Great morning, everybody. Thank you. It's a Saturday, November 18th, 2023. I'll be in Wednesday from 8 to 10, the imaginary Thanksgiving Day Parade. Imagine how loaded that's going to be. And next Friday and Saturday, I get to do the work again. Thanks to Lou Gonzalez, 710KNUS, and uh, the H, we were talking about this before, HBOT Spa, people saying, what's the phone number? It is 303-3536, there, I'll read it to you, 303 to right, Peter, 303-353-9623, again, 303-353-9623. Uh, temperatures are dropping. We're going to get some cold weather coming in tomorrow and the next day. Ski season has officially arrived. Winter Park is open. I got my pass. And this is my year, man. I'm gonna, I haven't had new skis or anything for such a while. And I spent some time, I spent time all the time with, with John Marriott, who owns Larson. His son, Jack. Kids are, kids are, kids are brilliant, man. We, he did me this whole lesson on new ski boots and how this works, how heaters, the new heaters work, and get some new gear, help you get on the mountain, snowboards. Alan Samuel and I are going to, Alan's looking for new snowboards. You owe it to yourself to pay Larson Ski and Sport, located south of I-70 on Kipling. So whether you rent equipment, which is wise to do, especially for kids and grandkids, or you want to own it like me, these are the guys absolutely committed to making your ski experience or boarding experience the very best. Uh, John Marriott Larson's is so convenient. You can stop on the way up the hill or stop on the way home. They are the big wooden building next to the Crab Shack south of I-70 on Kipling. You're going westbound on 70. Get off on the Kipling exit. Come down the, down the ramp left. Go south. Come out underneath the tunnel. Look to your right. And there's a big wooden building. The first one's the Crab Shack. And the next one is... Larson Ski and Sports, seven days a week, 303-423-0654, 303-423-0654, or LarsonSport.com.
com. Lou, how much time we got left? Lou, we got about four minutes. I don't want to start a call. I, I, I'll just wrap it with this. Um, first of all, thank you. There are some gorilla callers, man. There are some guys that put you away. Uh, the new documents are out called What the Doctors Saw and the Conspiracy Theories. A lot of the truth, quote, unquote, the, uh, the, the Warren Commission truth goes right out the window. And these doctors are talking. And now they're really old men. Uh, the one guy was a third-year student, uh, medical student. And they said, you know, no, we all believe that the bullet went through the throat of John Kennedy first. Um, and the, the more than one shooter would have to be an, another shooter. And then you ask yourself, who had the motive, motive to hide the truth? And, what, and again, watching this, again, if you follow it as what happens with our government, what they roll into next, and that's the lies about Southeast Asia, Vietnam, and that's Lyndon Johnson. Richard Nixon's secret plan to end the war, the lies of Richard Nixon. And that just goes on. And then we roll up to what kinds of things we have after that. The Clintons? Please. But the worst of the worst is uh, Dick Cheney and George W. Bush. The lies they told about uh, weapons of mass destruction were held by Saddam Hussein. I tell you this much, as as an amateur student of the Middle East, somewhat of a traveler, if Saddam Hussein were alive right now, in power, in Baghdad, none of this nonsense would be going on. He kept, he kept the the Iranians in check. They kept him in check. The Sauds were leery of him. And I don't know if they'd have blown one up like they did now because we know that a lot of the help that's going into Hamas comes from the Iranians. Uh, remember, they had the War of the Cities. They fought each other. So, again, looking at what Kennedy and Cheney did, the impact of their work, well, it'll be a long, long time. Certainly not in my lifetime that they can pull that together, straighten it out. Wednesday, I commend George Steps aside for two hours. Thank you. Do the imaginary Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, Lou and I are back next, next. Well, Billy and I are back Friday, and then Lou and I are back on Saturday. You ready to pull the pin? Uh, no, not, oh, not yet? Okay. Um, but I, I've been wading through these so-called new documents, and the new documents are certainly the things that were suppressed. And I remember sitting there and being a young kid and – Believing all those things that Oswald was this nobody, nobody ever knew who he was, and, and now, of course, now we, we they've been tracking him. They tracked him, and the Warren Commission said Oswald acted alone, and none of it's true. Oswald in Mexico City. What was he doing in Mexico City weeks before the assassination? We, we never talked about that. And I didn't know about that till a long time ago. First time Oswald was in Mexico City. He visited the Cuban and Soviet intelligence officials. And then there's a whole theory. He said, what, they told him, go ahead. They green they greenlit him. Castro wasn't involved in this. Uh, they, the, uh, they were after Fidel. They were trying to overthrow Fidel, everything that goes with that. But it was organized crime, the CIA, and, of course, the, the, the as was pointed out, the war machine. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the people that would have, how many people would have been involved in a cover-up? It's vast. And it's almost impossible to keep anything earth-shaking under wraps. But but they seem to have done that. All right. That is it, Lou. Thank you very much, everybody. I'll see you Wednesday morning with George Brockler. 
it, con- it continues. Lou and I, we're out of here. Thanks, guys. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 